0: Coming up on podcast eighteen ninety one, we talk the Cadillac Escalade IQ. It's arrived. It's big, bold, brash, bombastic, and I've got all the details for you. Stick around. Welcome to a new Patreon producer, John Ross signed up in Canadian dollars. I'm guessing that's where he listens. You too can sign up in your local currency. I gather that's better for tax and things like that. With Patreon, I don't know. They look after the whole thing. You put your credit card details in. I never see them. The whole Patreon platform does it. They take like five percent, which I think is really good compared to some others. And it's how I earn a living. It's how I uh, make some money and pay my bills and support my family. And hopefully, you get some value out of the podcast as well, whether it's entertainment or through your job or your you know you work in the EV industry, you have a connection to it, or or you just like to. Have a way to listen to all the latest EV news in 15, 20 minutes, and then you're up to date. Like, hopefully, John Ross enjoys this podcast for one of those reasons, and thanks for being a new Patreon producer. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening around the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information for Friday 11th of August. I'm Martin Lee, and we'll start with the Cadillac Escalade IQ, $130,000 of something you don't really need. Although I'm sure there's Escalade buyers who will go, I absolutely need this vehicle. And I'll start off by saying it's not a vehicle that we have here. I've never driven an Escalade because when I went to the US most recently, I had a Model X, and that seemed normal size. There were trucks and you know F. Three fifties, whatever they are, coming past, and um, the X felt not, the X almost felt a little bit too small. I was driving driving around Miami, thinking, on British roads, the X fells feels really big, and I just kind of feel kind of compact here, so. Bear that in mind. I have no experience of the Escalade. It's a pointless, ridiculous vehicle for the UK. It wouldn't fit. There's a, a railway bridge near where I am, and it wouldn't fit the Escalade underneath it, along with, you know, maybe a bicycle down the side of it or something. You know, you've got to squeeze in on, on, on a good day down at somewhere called Pool Park. Um, you know, it's probably a 100-year-old bridge or something. And the Escalade's not fitting in a million years. Like, commercial vehicles can't go down it. And this thing probably does weigh as much as a commercial vehicle, because General Motors wouldn't tell us how much it weighs. Look, it is very luxurious. If you need to haul a bunch of people or your family and you've got 130 grand burning a hole in your pocket, then why not buy this? An electric version of their luxury SUV was shown off at a New York event. Production slated next summer at General Motors Factory Zero at Detroit Hamtramck Assembly Centre. It's three inches shorter than the long version of the Escalade, if that makes sense. There's an ESV version. So it's bigger than a normal Escalade, but smaller than the stretch one. It's four inches wider than a regular Escalade, and it has a 136.2-inch wheelbase, two inches longer. Uh, the IQ's design... Oh, and by the way, let's talk about the name. It's Cadillac Escalade IQ, stylized, capital I, capital Q, because all of their vehicles are... Ending IQ, so Lyric, celestic, and they didn't call this the Escalade Dick. <laughs> they called it Escalade IQ. <laughs> because those words end with IQ. Yeah, you knew that. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the design, how it's been liberated from the regular Escalade's constraints, previously based on the Chevrolet Tahoe and the Suburban. So it has a 200-kilowatt-hour battery. I think that is 205 usable. Okay, well, let me explain why I'm saying that. If it is the same as other batteries that we see in things like the Hummer or the Silverado, it's probably going to be 205 usable to 12 gross. Maybe they won't. Say they said that it's a 200 kilowatt hour battery, but it's it's more, it's a little bit more than that. And this has got a 450 mile range, and well, I mean, it could genuinely have a 450 mile range on EPA. This isn't EPA. This is GM figures. EPA will be coming. It has a underpinning of the fundamentals of the Hummer EV and the Silverado EV. The Ultium battery pack, a 24 module battery pack beneath from the Ultium cells, competing with. Other SUVs like the Rivian, the Mercedes-Benz EQS, Kia EV9, Volvo EX90. That's coming, uh, but there are. This is a different cl- league of vehicle, different class of vehicle, different size of vehicle as well. Performance-wise, 0 to sixty less than five seconds. That should be engineering engineers should be applauded for hauling this ridiculous tank to 60 miles an hour in under five seconds you know i was growing up and had lamborghini Kuntash posters on my bedroom wall you know not to 60 in five seconds was the stuff of supercar dreams anyway uh, the vehicle introduces a Velocity Max mode, and that will give you 750 horsepower and 785 pound-feet of torque. And what's really nice about this, how many of these boost modes have we seen on EVs where you push a button on the steering wheel and it counts down from 10 to 1 or you know, 10 to 0 on the dash? This boost mode stays active until you turn it off or you turn off the vehicle. Regular mode, 680 horsepower, 680 horsepower. And frankly, that's enough. It runs on 24-inch wheels, which are pushed out to the corners because it is an EV platform. It's got a longer bonnet, actually. But underneath there, there is a big old frunk, or an e-trunk, as they're calling it. Uh, Much more of a sloped roofline. This is undoubtedly an Escalade, but they have filed off some of the sharper edges. They've made it more aero because it's an EV, needs to be. And they have subtly redesigned it. The panoramic glass roof, and the edge of the roof give the vehicle a more sportier appearance. But what about when you jump inside? Well, when you get inside, you'll see the 55-inch pillar-to-pillar screen powered by Qualcomm Snapdragon 12 cockpit platform, 5G connectivity, Google services built in. They didn't mention Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. That's because GM is doing away with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. A very unpopular decision with some people. The dashboard, actually, is a bit like the Mercedes... Ben's hyperscreen, It's not one giant screen. It is two screens or it is different screens underneath that single piece of glass driver side, 35 inch passenger side, 25 inch. They have polarization so the driver doesn't get distracted, but the passenger can quite happily sit there watching a YouTube video with the headphones on and the driver can't see it. Physical switches are replaced with an 11-inch touchscreen to control features like the five-zone climate, the ambient lighting, and the power door open and close. Yes, this is like a a Model X or a BMW i7. That does it, doesn't it? I think the uh, the Mercedes-Benz does it as well. Uh, Unique approach sensing system, they call it, uh, but other cars have it, uh, whereas it knows you're walking towards the vehicle. But it automatically opens the driver's door with a radar system in the door to avoid ever touching a vehicle or a wall. All Escalade IQ models will include second row captain's chairs and a 60-40 split powered third row. That's very nice. So you can, from the rear, you can flick a switch, power them down, flick a switch, power them up again, as you should for $130,000. So the executive second row, you may end up spending a fair chunk of time in this vehicle if it's a vehicle that you're going to be driven in. Uh, otherwise, the kids are going to get the second row. And frankly, kids don't know they're born if they've grown up in an Escalade IQ, because this is a very special place to get hauled around. When I was growing up, I was getting hauled around in a Maxi. My British listeners remember a Maxi. Remember the Rancho? The Talbot Rancho? We had one of those. Oh, my goodness. And and plenty of slightly ropey cars. Um, And I can't remember a time at all in my childhood, when I had a seatbelt on. Um, I remember sitting on the back parcel shelf, climbing over from the back seat, uh, which would normally, uh, you just slide around on it as Dad was driving, and, uh, and you'd, you know, wearing shorts as a kid, your legs would just stick to the just melting vinyl from the heat in the summer. Uh, and we survived. But no, if you are in the second row of an Escalade, kids, you are doing okay. Mum and Dad, firstly, have done okay because they've bought this car. But secondly, you're doing okay because in the, in the second row, captain's chairs, as standard... The seats are heated in the rear, ventilated, and massage seats as well. Rear seats get a center console screen to control the vehicle from the back, HDMI inputs, dual 12.6-inch entertainment screens, one for on the back of the headrests of the seat in front, tray tables. Uh, It's also got, in terms of autonomy, GM's Super Cruise Advanced ADAS system, hands-free driving on 400,000 miles of mapped highways across US and Canada. It's got four-wheel steering, but unlike the Hummer, which talks about crab mode and going off-road, and it'll get you out of a a, situation if you're doing a bit of rock crawling and all that kind of stuff, and, um, you know, you find yourself where you need to move the car sideways, this still has four-wheel steering, but they have rebranded it Arrival Mode. And that's because if you pull up, I don't know, outside the valet or something, or someone's going to park your car in a tight spot, it will manoeuvre in, you know, it's not quite you know, science fiction, you know, go 90 degrees in, just pull up and it will move in. It's not quite like that, but um, it's... It's a, I don't know what the angle is on the steering. I should look that up, shouldn't I? Um, but the four-wheel steering will also, at high speeds, do the usual thing of increased stability and a better control for towing, up to 8,000 pounds. And even the combustion Escalade won't tow 8,000 pounds. It's got a unibody construction, like other full-size GM electric trucks, fully independent suspension. It's got air springs, Magna Ride 4, adaptive shocks, adjustable ride height. You can really get this thing onto a big old stance if you want to, or lower it right down for maximum mileage, and that four-wheel steering will give you a less than 40-foot turning radius, which is frankly less than some, you know, mid-sized sedans. So storage, I mentioned the Front trunk, or the E-trunk, as they're calling it. That'll be powered. It didn't specifically say, but that will be powered because all vehicles of this class are powered. Looks a little bit like the other really big trunks we've seen in trucks like the Silverado and the Ford F-150 Lightning. This will hold, it says, two golf bags, motorized options for door operations available, like the automatic door opening as you walk up to it, motorized EV charge port, 800-volt charging, 800-volt DC fast charging capability, which will fill up your vehicle, your 200 kilowatt hours of of batteries at a faster speed. But it will work on 350 kilowatt chargers, like the Tesla chargers as well, and max those out, which a native 800 volt system cannot do. Let me explain. There's two things here, maybe for new listeners of the podcast. Sorry, I'll get nerdy here. Super Nerd 3000, zip, that's the anorite going up. Um, so two different things we talk about. And I don't want them to get ever confused. Uh, is there's 800 volt battery packs inside the car, and it doesn't sit at 800 volts. Sometimes you talk about the 800 volt systems in the you know the Kias, the Hyundai's, the Genesis. They they run quite a lot under. Like you know, you drain them down, they're going to be in 600 and something volts, but we call them 800 like volt systems. So your battery can run at 800 volts. Uh, the component tree, uh, the inverters, uh, what have Hyundai added just to their sil- silicon carbide inverters? I've been reading a lot about those lately to uh, get even faster charge speeds and efficiency. So there's all the components that run at a, a higher voltage. Typically, EVs are 400 volts, you know, plus or minus 100. Um, Teslas run pretty low voltage. Um, it just depends, really. Uh, but then also, there's what's called 800 volt charging so don't confuse this this car with having an 800 volt system it runs two normal battery packs together and so when you turn up to a charger that can give you enough volts it can tie them together so it's Two regular battery packs stack. We've talked about with the Hummer uh, quite a lot. It's clever stuff, uh, but you can charge just one of the battery packs at the same time, which is all very clever stuff. Bidirectional charging, which we've talked about with the Altium platform, is coming uh, to power your home during an outage or your, you know, if you're, if you're out and about on a work site. I, I couldn't find out how many plugs this has in it and maybe they didn't announce it but i couldn't see it it will have vehicle to load obviously but they need a, an update to this so when does it arrive next year gm are going nax north american charging standard aka the tesla connector but this will launch with ccs which seems weird and i'm sure there are some hardcore engineering decisions for the reasons why but it seems odd But anyway, uh, that's your Escalade piece. Sorry it was so long. It's a car that you and I will probably never buy. But isn't it interesting to talk about? These halo cars that will attract so much attention into the electric vehicle world. No doubt some of this will trickle down and they'll be in the less prestigious vehicles. But otherwise... I've seen the videos today in the first 24 hours of the uh, just tens of thousands of views on all of the Escalade videos. There's a real interest in this, even if you're not going to buy one. So there you go. Uh, Right. Stick around. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, Ford launching an internal campaign for their employees. We'll talk about where Tesla get their batteries from and why Hyundai are coming to the rescue of Volkswagen. Stick around. And those stories and more are on the way. Righty ho, then if you'd like to get the podcast ad free, you can be like the amazing Patreon supporters of the show and uh, for five, ten dollars a month, press. A couple of posh coffees, really, isn't it? Uh, Then you can support the work that I do. It's massively appreciated, and you get the ad, uh, the podcast, ad-free. Now, let's talk General Motors encountering difficulties in accelerating their EV production. That's not me speaking. That's the CFO, Paul Jacobson, during a JP Morgan investor conference discussing the challenges, and he talked about the Bright Drop vans, the Cadillac Lyric, and the complications from the assembly of battery modules. They managed to manufacture... 1,000 lyrics last month in July, notably below the company's expectations. They wanted to build 25,000 lyrics at Spring Hill, Tennessee last year, but uh, didn't do that. In the first half of this year, they were able to deliver fewer than 2,500 lyrics to customers because of their struggles with battery assembly. Now, let's talk Ford. Now, Ford, this is really cool. I saw this on Twitter, actually, from someone who normally tweets about Tesla stuff. Ford have a new marketing campaign internally. Now, they've got 186,000 employees. So, this is not aimed at all of them. But for anyone that does want to test drive a new F-150 Lightning or Mac E, they can just have one for a week. And how cool is that? Because if you work at Ford, and maybe you're working on the oily, greasy, you know, Petrol and diesel stuff, and you're curious, or maybe you work on the EV stuff, but don't drive an EV yet yourself. You want know all the fuss is about. Uh, you can just take an EV for a week, which is cool—a Lightning or a Mac E. Helping employees engage with the company's EV future. They have a hundred of these vehicles stationed at Dearborn, Michigan, uh, which they've set aside for now. I'll probably be sold at a point in time as X demo or X fleet or something like that. But they've actually gone out of their way. To reserve a hundred of these, they could have gone to customers, but they want to engage their staff, who who don't know yet the benefits of driving EV. I don't know if your situation was the same as mine. I can remember vividly the first time that we bought an EV and those early experiences, which also were. You know, what plug do I... Why are there three different plugs? This is ridiculous. Which one do I use? Uh, And all those questions, which we, you know, or everyone has when they first buy an EV. But it was, you know, just... It's so exciting when you are... I found it exciting. You won't be surprised to hear. uh, Driving an electric vehicle for the very first time and realising, oh, right, this is cool. This is the future. But this is also just a car. This is just how it moves forwards and backwards. It's electricity. All right, cool, right. right. What's for lunch? Like, that was it. It was like, oh, right. I thought this was going to be some sort of, you know, like something comes down from the heavens. And you're like, oh, right. This is cool. It just works. It works normally. It's just powered differently. Well, that's cool. So that's how I, you know, my first impressions. But that's the best way to get someone to understand an EV is to drive an EV. Now let's talk about Tesla. And uh, Nikkei, uh, or Nikkei, the organization in collaboration with a Tokyo based company, have conducted an analysis of Tesla's supply chains for their EVs, and they think that 40% of the suppliers are Chinese. The study found that China is the largest supplier of materials for the batteries, with 40% of the 61 companies in the category being Chinese. Their algorithm they use was utilised to look at the supply chains by going through financial statements, the press releases from Tesla, public information, spoke to some employees as well, and key Chinese suppliers for Tesla were discovered throughout this piece of research, including a Gangfeng Lithium, a Novore and Zhejiang Huayu Cobalt. Uh, comparatively US companies contribute only 22% to Tesla's parts Chinese firms uh, made up a vast majority of that interesting isn't it uh, the cars are you know made in 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 the US and uh, known as US made cars etc etc but still wherever you make those cars it seems Many things uh, the Chinese have their fingerprints all over them in many ways that never even get realized and I'll talk about that who makes the bits inside your EV in a second. Now let's talk about Tesla mega charging in Las Vegas a mega charger unit. I saw this on Twitter uh, X and uh, they had tagged my friend Kyle Connor from the outer spec studios and they said, Hey Kyle look at this a Tesla mega charger in Las Vegas. An image was posted on Twitter of the 750 kilowatt charger on the back of a sled or uh, pallets, if you like, because they'd put it in and wired it up, obviously, to the grid, and then were moving it as uh, later that day, which I thought was really interesting. Maybe for a temporary test, or a you know a Tesla semi truck was coming through and needed to charge at that location, so they sent a diesel truck flatbed with this on the back of it and uh, maybe the truck could charge and move on or something they were doing a run or something i don't know some testing some calibration but thought it was interesting that they could have these mega chargers portable as well now let's talk about hyundai coming to the rescue of volkswagen south korean company hyundai mobis entered into an agreement with volkswagen to solve their battery problems they're going to supply them some battery system assemblies and components for evs details not disclosed but it is signifying Hyundai's expanding influence in the global EV market. The company is officially called Global Hyundai Mobis, and they uh, they will construct a manufacturing plant in Spain for Volkswagen, pending board approval, to supply all of these parts to VW. The facility will cost about €200 million and support Volkswagen's next-gen EVs. Now, these battery system assemblies, BSAs, integral to the function of an EV system, they say, is a complete product that merges a battery pack with the BMS, the battery management system, and other components as well. Hyundai Mobis is also adapting to this new world of electrification uh, with supplying the likes of Stellantis. Also, other companies like BMW, General Motors, BYD, they supply as well. Uh, I think they're taking the Hyundai name out of the company, Hyundai Mobis, I think it's it Mobis or something because other auto makers were reticent about buying parts from the Hyundai group and because uh, it had Hyundai in the name. And so they're sort of reducing that in the marketing, I think, and saying, hey, you know, we're not Hyundai. We're a separate company. But, of course, it is all all the group. Uh, So they're they're really doing amazing things in electrification, so much so that they're coming to the rescue of other car makers who who aren't doing it all themselves. Interesting sort of separate arm's length bit of the business there at Hyundai. Very, very interesting. Now, uh, just a quickie. New York State is committing $12 million to boost EV integration. The governor of New York has unveiled a a state-led initiative uh, offering awards for research proposals that address the challenges to EV grid integration and promote the use of medium and heavy-duty electric vehicles. The program covers both battery electric vehicles and hydrogen vehicles if you want, but nobody will, under their definition of an electric vehicle zero emissions vehicles of course all the money here will be spent on evs to enhance the management of charging infrastructure to reduce the costs of grid integration to better the economic aspects of owning an ev and make them more attractive so some funding there 12 million going into solving some ev problems also a nice little problem being solved the accounting software myob is that an aussie thing because this is an australian story i'm Guessing that stands for manage your own business, um, has implemented a change in their software which allows small businesses down under to automate car leases, benefiting 250,000 employees of small businesses in Australia. This is something that bigger businesses have been able to do so far and soak up all of the extra administration costs and dollars that you end up spending on these kind of things. And uh, typically, large businesses would only have access to schemes like this in terms of, you know, in Australia, the federal government, it by last November, uh, reduced the fringe benefits taxes on EVs and plug ins, uh, sparking a surge in demand for what's called Novated or Novated leases, extra paperwork for small businesses. And now, this small business software is aiming to make that. Hassle-free, and that's great. I love little bits of innovation like this. Uh, Combustion engine vehicle sales will cease in 2028 in the United Kingdom, according to this think tank report. New Automotive is a green lobby group uh, predicting that motorists in the UK will stop purchasing petrol and diesel cars in 2028 entirely, two years ahead of the government's 2030 ban. They made the forecast after analysing vehicle registration data and observing ongoing trends in the automotive industry. Industry it delves into the current regulations and market trends to predict how EV demand will progress. According to the report, petrol car registrations decreased by 8% in July alone, while EV sales went up 90%. Diesel has suffered a dramatic drop, falling from its peak of 50% market share back in 2016 in the UK down to what is a rounding error these days. No one's buying diesel cars anymore. People still buy petrol cars, uh, but new automotive saying we're not far away from people making the switch entirely. And finally, I know I've gone long today because of the Escalade. uh, Let's talk about fishing with electric power. A boatyard in Maine has introduced their first fully electric 40 horsepower engine as they join in with the shift to the commercial fishing industry. I found this story on seafoodsource.com, and I can say it's the first time I've visited seafoodsource.com, and I imagine it will be the last. The things I do for you. Uh, You know what? I did flick around. Very interesting little website. I feel like I've learned more about seafood today. However, um, electric outboard motors have many advantages. They have lower CO2 emissions, obviously. Uh, They reduce water pollution. They have a more stable operating cost. They're silent. And the fishing community has historically faced numerous mandates, costly adjustments to their operations over the years. The fishing community, one that is always i think you know some of the most hard working and yet regulations come along and now you've got to do this or limits to what you can catch and when you can work and when you can go out and fish and i'm not getting i don't understand it so maybe those regulations need to be there but those that work in the fishing industry are doing an amazing job and probably it's a thankless task as well and so when they get told Oh, and by the way, diesel's bad. You've, you've powered your vehicles for decades with diesel, but it's got to change. Good news is there are increasingly electric solutions out there. Now, pricing, as with road cars, pricing is not the same, and thought needs to be done there. And the environmental concerns weighed up alongside the long-term economic benefits. that these, They're cheaper to maintain, cheaper to run when you go electric in your fishing boat, um, but also helping them do that as well possibly a topic for another podcast because i'm done today thank you very much for listening our premium partners are phil roberts of electric future porsche of the village in cincinnati audi of cincinnati east volvo cars of cincinnati east national car charging on the u.s mainland and aloha charge in hawaii Derek riley he runs nevo.ie and the nevo ev review island youtube channel octopus electroverse global public charging made simple with one app and one map and least plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good day tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.